Hi, I am Patricia Schaefer, President of the Compassionate Friends Queensland. True Grief is a podcast of honest conversations about our experience with grief through the loss of a child. We hope this podcast creates opportunities for our listeners to have their own conversations and helps you to feel less isolated in your journey. This podcast is for entertainment purposes as we are not qualified counselling professionals. We are a peer support group. If you feel the need to speak to someone after listening to our conversations, please contact our national helpline on 1300 064 068 or ring Lifeline on 131114. Compassionate Friends Queensland podcast number seven. Today we're very happy to have Brett Jacobson with us, who's a uh, psychology, well, you're a psychologist and you're also studying. Mm-hmm. And we have Tina Good with us, who's the normal, uh, she's the state business manager for the Compassionate Friends Queensland and the sibling coordinator. You'll realise why they're talking by the end of the interview. So, Tina, over to you. Thanks, Dave. Hi Brett, it's Hi, really great to have you here. Thanks Thank you for, for coming. So just as a bit of an icebreaker, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're studying at uni? Okay, well I'm finishing my Masters in Counselling Psychology at UQ um, and I've been, I guess this has been a long journey for me because I've been working as a counsellor for about 10 years now and um, now I'm finishing my qualifications to be a registered psychologist excellent yeah excellent um so on that why Mm -hmm. you say it's been a 10-year journey Mm -hmm. um what led you to psychology and counseling Mm. and why did you choose that profession well um i guess naturally a lot of people who choose to work in health um uh, I suppose typically as, as kids, we're the, the kind of people who like to resolve conflict and try to help people as much as we can. And, you know, I grew up in a big family with um, three other brothers, so there was plenty of conflict and drama mm-hmm. to um, kind of test out some of those skills at an early age. Yeah. To varying degrees of success, shall we say. <laughs> Um, but I guess what kind of solidified that decision for me to make a career out of this was probably, um, I suppose when I was much younger, it was maybe a bit of a lonely time, um, for me and really had that experience of what it was like to feel heard and understood by a caring other, Mm -hmm. um, and how really important and almost transformative that was for me Um, so easing that burden understanding myself a bit more fully and so I guess that was a bit of a light bulb moment going oh maybe I maybe this is something I'd like to do myself yeah yeah yeah. so how old were you when that happened you say you were Mm. a bit younger in your teens yeah around 18 I suppose Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, so the transition out of school or still at school or because I'm not from Queensland, so what, 18, what, what, where are you yeah, at what there? was I doing at 18? Um, I think that was my first year at university, actually. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. excellent. Well, that's mm. really good. And so you're doing the Masters of Psychology mm-hmm. Counselling. Yep. Um, what what uh, was your bachelor degree? What what what, mm-hmm. what did you study before you came into this master? So that was um, a degree in psychology. Yeah. Again. Yeah. A lot of that was around just um, theories and research. Mm-hmm. Um, so this degree is more applied on really how to support other people who are complexly suffering. Yeah. In whatever whatever form that might look. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, that's really good. So one of the reasons that we've got you in today, um, which we're very excited to announce that we're partnering with you to help with your research project Mm -hmm. uh, for your masters. So did you want to tell us a little bit about, a little bit about that research and what what led you to it? Um, well, I guess what drew me to studying grief and loss, um, was, I think in those years I was working as a counsellor, I spent a lot of time having conversations with children and young adults, and the conversations that really have that have really stayed with me have been the kids who have been mourning the loss of maybe a parent, a close friend, or a brother or sister, and I suppose those. Um, sessions stuck with me more than maybe others because I was really aware that um, I guess a lot of training in psychology is around illness and pathology Mm -hmm. Um, so at times I was really at a loss of how can I help this person yeah because grief is a normal response yeah Um, so I suppose in, in those moments I'd kind of fall back to some of my more fundamental training around a listening, um, trying to help the person feel at ease and maybe um, making them feel open enough to talk about the person they had lost. Mm -hmm. And I suppose treading as lightly as I could, being aware that, you know, that's a pretty sacred space for people. Um, But yeah, I guess, again, there was awareness that really didn't know how to to help these people I kind of just was doing it with the seat of my pants I suppose if that's yeah. the right expression yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah that's something I'd really like to learn more about yeah so that's largely the inspiration yeah. yeah so that's a really great segue so tell mm. us about the actual research project yeah. what, what's that entail so the research is um, really an, an online survey um, that asks people a range of different questions. So we're really just asking uh, young people around the age of um, uh, 16 to 25 if they're willing to kind of talk or answer questions relating to their own um, experience of loss with losing a, a sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really mindful that this is an area of research that's largely um, unexplored. There's not a lot of understanding yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's because a lot of what we know about grief and loss tends to focus on maybe a, a parent who's lost a, a child or a child who's lost a parent. Mm-hmm. So we can appreciate that there's maybe a lot of similarities. Yeah. But the death of a sibling is a very unique loss experience mm-hmm. because our relationship with our siblings is unique. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I guess thinking about my relationship with my brothers, I mean, sometimes they're people I might look up to, um, but people that I also might argue with as well. So this, that kind of mix of, of um, this is someone who's maybe a, your protector, but also someone you might compete against as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for siblings who've lost a brother or sister, that could mean the loss of um, a teacher, a friend, um, a rival, mm. you know. So it, I guess what we're aiming to do is try to understand um, a person's experience of that mm. a bit more deeply, um, particularly around the kind of needs they have during that period of loss Mm -hmm. Um, so I think as we can all really appreciate that we all respond very differently to difficult and trying times some of us might naturally lean into other people wanting to talk to others for support other people might be a bit more solitary they might try to do different things at their own pace at their own time Um, whether that might be activities like um, going for a walk, listening to music, spending time with our pets, mm-hmm. um, or trying to find some kind of private way of honouring and remembering the person that yeah. they've lost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess in a nutshell, we're just trying to understand the needs of young people yeah. a bit more when they're in those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, brings me to another uh, query. Why mm-hmm. did you choose that that age demographic, mm. you know, that young people 16 to 25 mm-hmm. instead of, you know, older or, or younger? Yeah. Well, I guess the main reason why we're interested in looking at this age group is because um, we really don't know much about their experiences. Um there was a time where we oddly enough had this belief that young people didn't feel grief Mm. Um, and I think some of that was I guess some um, some view that maybe a young person's understanding of death is is very different from adults which there is some some truth to that but at the same time it's it's still there Uh, a young person Will still experience it in some way mm. um, but I think especially for someone who's around the age of 14 to 25 it's a really important developmental period mm. they're finding their place in the world yeah they're finding you know, they're, they're starting to discover who they are as a person mm. and for them to during that time um, have a, a a sibling to die can be very devastating mm. and something I, I saw a lot when I was researching this and trying to understand it a bit more a lot of writers were saying 
both as, as therapists and researchers, that the death of a sibling is the most traumatic experience um, a young person can have that is really poorly understood mm. right now. Mm. Um, so there seemed to be some consensus that we, we really don't know much right yeah. now. Yeah. We ought to know no more, mm. but mm. we're just not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Two things are kind of coming to mm. mind listening to, to you speak in that I have two children mm. myself, 22 and 18, so coming you know right mm. smack bang in the middle of that age demographic and they most certainly do feel but they have a very different way of expressing that or showing that or dealing with that um and particularly grief Mm. um yeah so that's very very interesting and one of the other things that i Mm. kind of in terms of the sibling relationship it's like that is also the longest relationship that you have in your life you know basically cradle to grave so Mm. these people are the people that you have known since if if you're the youngest since you were born so it's a really really important relationship in in Mm. a person's life so Mm. yeah it's um it's interesting that there isn't more research and understanding around mm. it but thank you from one sibling mm. who's lost lost their sister to you know to you thank you so much because it is it is a big gap yeah. I went through it 15 years ago I was not mm. in your demographic I was 32 when it mm. happened but um it's very can be very isolating because it's not a relationship that's widely understood or mm. uh particularly in the grief and loss scenario it's um yeah yeah so thank you so just from a psychological perspective (laughs) brett i was wondering is there a difference between grief loss bereavement Mm -hmm. or is that just like one word that's interchangeable Mm. um for the same thing yeah good question tina um I think when we often talk about grief and loss, we do use those terms interchangeably. And I suppose it's, that's because it's capturing similar experiences, but it is a little bit different too. So with grief, for instance, it refers to our response to loss. Mm-hmm. So we often think of grief as you know that period of intense sorrow, that yearning to be with the person who has died. But it's much more than that because grief involves the whole person. Mm. So it's also those bittersweet memories that we have, the person who has died, um, that process we take to try to find meaning or, or sense of what has happened. Because mm-hmm. um, especially for, I mean, this is the case for everyone, but just thinking about young people who have lost a a brother or sister Um, just going back to what you said earlier that we often assume our relationships with our siblings are lifelong relationships and for them to die at such a young age while we're still trying to make sense of who we are our place in the world and what the world really is um, it can be really shattering Mm especially some of those more basic assumptions that you'll be with me for the rest of my life. Um, So naturally, 
grief also involves that meaning-making process yeah. where we try to make sense of something that's happened so horribly. Mm. Yeah. But it's also, um, it's also kind of includes those physical responses we yeah. have mm. to loss as well. Mm. So people might, I've heard people in the past describe it as a real aching pain in their heart. Mm. Yeah, that might be that it's so so broken so intense you know that what we know from the research is that people do genuinely have those physiological responses to so yeah it's not just those periods of sadness it's Mm. a lot more to it than that and bereavement um, refers to that that whole process of grief Um, So it's more of that period of time rather than our response to loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Brett, just um, I'm curious about, you know, listening to your Mm -hmm. talk. Do you think that potentially with this, this age demographic, the young people, do you think it's maybe a bit harder for them to process Mm. all of those emotions and feelings and physical responses? And Mm -hmm. maybe that's why it's so misunderstood or not Mm. You know, not looked at, not not researched so much. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question, Tina. Um, you know, in in my experience um, supporting young people as a counsellor, is that um, it's not Im- impossible for them to find ways of processing these challenging feelings, but they may need a bit more assistance mm. um, from someone who's able to to bear those those feelings for them and help them make sense of it that's not necessarily a therapist or psychologist but that could be a parent Mm -hmm. a good friend Mm -hmm. Um, because i guess the the challenge that kids have is that they have full range to every emotion that they can experience mm. that every parent can relate to when they have a child <laughs> yes. you know the, the especially screaming. a teenage yes. child <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, but the challenge is um, for them they're still developing mm. and neurologically they have the capacity to to kind of tolerate and make sense of those feelings is still underdeveloped mm-hmm. largely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is why we see for young people that sometimes they might engage in really problematic ways of coping mm-hmm. um, not every young person but sometimes that can happen um, or it be drug use self-harm um, you know, and and that's kind of those kind of risk-taking behaviors mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and that's part of it as well mm-hmm. um, so I guess um, it's it's important when someone is experiencing a bereavement, particularly if they're very young and vulnerable, for them to, to have some kind of support, whatever that might look like. Yeah. 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 I know for my, particularly my mm. daughter, um, she, I can always tell when she's processing, when there's something on her mind, mm. when, you know, the grief might be, forefront Mm. but I can only really tell that through her behavior Mm. because she has a really difficult time acknowledging understanding and um, identifying 
yeah. what she's actually processing. So, mm. you know, what you know, what emotion is there? What mm-hmm. feeling is there? Mm-hmm. What is that linked to? Um, and she really does need quite a lot of help even just unpacking that mm-hmm. and, and then mm. and then needing to process it. So yeah. a lot of the identification of what they're going through too, I find, is, um, is very anecdotal. And from a mother's perspective, obviously I'm not a psychologist, but, um, yeah, a lot of the identification process mm-hmm. is where a lot of our time is spent um, when she needs to deal with her, mm. you know, her grief and, and bereavement. So, yeah, so it's... Um, it's fascinating subject for me if you don't mind me just adding something as well Uh, as a parent initially this is how I we felt anyway initially after the death of your child you're in so much pain you're so disorientated you're just probably in the depths of despair in that first X months, you know, with this shock, is you just you don't know what you're doing. The only I always felt is if my daughter was okay, or someone could help my daughter, mm. or I could help my daughter, or my wife could help my daughter somehow, then that that was helping us. Mm. If that makes any sense, mm. and I just urge anyone who's listening to this or anyone in the wider TCFQ or Compassionate Friends community is, if you do have a child and you you've lost a child, and you do have you know, one of the siblings. The voices need to be heard, mm. and in some ways, yeah. I feel this this survey is will, will it might enlighten you on the support. You might actually feel better in the end when you finally see the, uh, Brett's um, masters. Well, we'll 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 just you know we'll summarize it and distribute it to all <laughs> that. You actually might realize, oh, I did do that. I was good. Mm. You were a good parent under the worst possible conditions to be a parent mm. and you know and if you did you know if there's certain areas you you perhaps felt like you've I'm not going to use the word failed certain areas where you feel like you could have done better it's it might you, you, at least you may be a child you know you can it, it's in there you can discuss with your child from these results you might say oh this these people were saying this these these <clears throat> siblings were saying that this, do you mm. feel that way it might offer the whole family a lot of reassurance um, I don't know, Brett, Tina, would you like to talk with that? Yeah, I just, it's just, yeah. Even if nothing else, it mm. just opens that dialogue, um, which is what I guess, mm. you know, our series on, you know, the sibling uh, podcast has been about. It's yeah. been about, um, you know, helping families mm-hmm. have those really difficult conversations. Mm. And, and it is a different experience mm. a parent losing a child a sibling losing a you know a brother or sister um it's that it's the same person you, mm. you lost the same person but the relationships that each of you had with that person and your your grief process and mm. and and the way that you navigate that is very very different mm. and it's just really important to us at, at tcf to help families just navigate those really mm. awkward and hard conversations and potentially, you know, highlight other perspectives, you know, that mm. they may not have have um, thought about or, you know, um, just help them see things from that other relationship's perspective. Yeah. 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 yeah so, 
Stephanie, I could have put that any better. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, Dave, thanks for that input. It's really really invaluable to have that perspective from a a parent because Mm. I... I can only, you know, speak from the sibling perspective. I couldn't even mm. begin to imagine and comprehend what it would be like from, you know, a parent's perspective. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. I mean, if people are willing to participate in, in the survey, and it's entirely voluntary, so it's really up to the person if they are feeling ready to um, participate and I guess we're also mindful that um, especially um, as David said the first few months are very painful for people and I guess we ask is if you're in those kind of early moments of mourning to perhaps really honor that and take care of yourself during that time and um, rather than jumping to participating in research Mm. um but uh i guess yeah one hope is that perhaps if if people do participate that they it might generate some of those conversations because some of the questions we will be asking is not just around your emotional reactions but what are your needs what do you think you need right now to help you get through and also, how do you think you may have grown as a person yeah. from this experience? Um, which I guess is a, um, a part that we don't often think of yeah. when we're grieving. Mm. But um, I know this, this has may have been something you've mentioned in the past, Tina, I think when I listened to the other podcasts on siblings, mm-hmm. that you mentioned that an awareness that your kids are really quite resilient in some ways. Mm. Mm. Um, and that's that's something we're, we're seeing a lot as well after someone's been for a, a loss yeah that there's um, there's a some people might say that they're they've become kinder people um, they have a greater clarity around what their purpose or meaning in life is mm-hmm. um, so yeah it, it's an experience that just changes people in a yeah. very profound way very profound way yeah very deep way mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so i just um <clears throat> i just remember in the early mm-hmm. days and i think even in uh the article that you wrote for our magazine you mentioned those early months mm-hmm. um and and perhaps not participate in the survey in yes. those early months um so i just wanted to just kind of pull that point out that mm. you know if if you're in that I think you mentioned up to four months four to six months after yeah. the loss um it's probably a very vulnerable mm. time for you so um just yeah just to remember that self-care and I just really wanted to kind of mm. just pull that out so yep. people you know Absolutely. kind of heard that and, and mm. understood that um so I guess Really, I wanted to finish up on a on a on a note that we've partnered together. Obviously, mm. you know, you with UQ and 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 TCFQ to help make this project and this this research a success for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we help? Like, how can the TCF community mm. help you do that? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, well, I guess we 
wouldn't really get far in psychology if we didn't um, have members of the community who are willing to share their experiences yeah. to help us understand how to help others mm-hmm. more effectively. And I guess that's some of the hope from this research of starting to understand those needs young people might have during mm-hmm. this really challenging time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's anyone who's involved in the TCF community who's um, open to participating, mm-hmm. um, or if they might know someone who is interested, mm-hmm. um, what would help is just, I suppose, just getting the word out that yes. there's a big interest here in, in understanding this experience more. Um, so they could reach out to yourself, Tina, mm-hmm. um, or to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to provide some yeah, yeah, we will. We'll, we'll attach some uh, contact details, email mm-hmm. addresses for Brett and myself mm-hmm. um, at, with the, the details of the podcast we'll, we'll after. We'll put it on the podcast notes. Yeah. Put, yeah, put it on the podcast notes. Thanks, Dave. I was wondering what the, the technical <laughs> term for that was. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I think... Um, I just really wanted to express like a heartfelt mm. thanks again. I know I said it earlier, but mm. this is such a valuable research. It's, it's, and, you know, having had the benefit of working with you, you know, mm. through the question, you know, phase and, mm. and having seen this all come together, it's, it's truly exciting for me to mm. see this. I really hope that, um, you know, we can help generate, you know, some interest and get some really great insights for you to, to, to help with your your research project and mm. get some mm. some clarity around, you know, what young people need through mm. their through their grief yeah. process. So just to summarise, it's uh, Brett would like you any young people out there who've lost a sibling between the ages of sixteen and twenty five, is that correct? To fill an online survey. Uh, I've been told by someone it's it Brett says it takes twenty minutes but tops but it takes a little bit less than that so if you can give us 15 20 minutes of your time the more people we get the more data we've got hopefully what we'll be able to do is inform us and be able to help meet the wider community the tcf community and the wider community who are suffering from bereavement and loss mm. with this very very valuable information your information is really really valuable in this area so mm-hmm. if you can do that contact and it is confidential by yeah. the way yeah, thank yeah. you very much, yeah. Tina. So if you contact Tina, I'll put all the details on the podcast. Uh, contact the, you can contact the TCFQ HQ office, uh, go to the website, ring up to Tina, she'll, and she'll put you in contact with um, Brett or um, allow you to get involved with the process. It's very easy, isn't it, Tina? Mm, very easy, yeah. Um, and as a sibling myself, I have... I have participated. I have I have actually done the survey. Mm. So I'm not in the cohort. I'm not going to tell you all how old I am, but I definitely am not in the young people cohort. But um, <laughs> as a sibling, I, 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 I did it because I also wanted to understand what I'm asking our members mm-hmm. to do. Mm. Um, and also, just on that note, I just wanted to, you know, make it very clear that if this does bring up any... Um, uh, any turmoil, any distress mm-hmm. for uh, for you as you're filling out the form that you know TCFQ are here to support, mm. um, and we have you know a, a number of supports in place that we can 
refer you to if this you know if this is a little bit distressing as you go through mm. but we've, we've tried to make it as um, as kind and, and and compassionate as as we can so that it's not too harrowing for you to go through the process um, yeah well thank you Brett it's been thank a you, real pleasure and honor working mm. with you and yeah I'm excited I'm excited to see the results and to see what insights we can glean yeah and I'll, I'll be happy to come back here another day and excellent tell everyone what we've learned thank you i was just about to ask you that you read my mind <laughs> thank you well thanks brett it's been it's been a pleasure thanks for chatting with us today thanks, Tina. thanks.